0: Football, 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 It's the football, 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 and sometimes other Sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS dot at FFFSOSS Twitter Big show on this Thursday edition of the pod. We got a must-watch college football weekend. I mean, there are some great, great, great games this college football Saturday. So that is a must-watch college football slate. I'll say it. We got big brands, awesome quarterbacks, and some big games. So we will look at that in the kickoff. Then we'll go into our NFL Week 3 schedule. Back to college football for Week 4 preview. Then a recap of Champions League match day one. Champions League was back and. There were some crazy matches. I mean, red cards galore, comebacks, some great goals. So we will recap the first wave of Champions League matches. Then look at to an EPL, La Liga, Serie A, Bundesliga, league Weekend. And then we got Pollocks and Pick 6. Try to write the ship after a not a great Week 2 Pick 6. That's for sure, 2-4. and four. So I, I still say I think I was on the right side of those games. But it is what it is. So, all right. Um... So must watch college football Saturday NFL Week Three preview college football Week Four preview Champions League match day one recap weekend soccer preview and more Ryder Cup coming up soon, but what's that a couple weeks? I think so. We can wait on that. That's not a big deal. So all right, kick it off. Must watch college football Saturday. We got big brands. We got some great quarterbacks on display, and it's really two windows. You got the three thirty window with three games, and then a night slate. You got another three games to look forward to. So. Ole Miss-Bama, the first, Colorado-Oregon, UCLA-Utah, and then the night slate, you got the Pac-2 matchup, Oregon State-Wazoo, Ohio state Notre Dame, and Iowa-Penn State. All six um, of these games feature two ranked opponents. So it is a very, very exciting college football Saturday. Big brands, Alabama, right? Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State. Now guess who's back? Colorado. Now, they're 20, what, 20 and a half, 21-point underdogs. So nobody's thinking they win the game outright, obviously. But Dion has that program relevant again, and they're taking on one of the Pac-12 big brands in Oregon, right? So big schools, big brands on display on Saturday. And we got a lot of QBs here that are in the mix. Now, I know for Utah, it could be the freshman, again, and not Cam Rising, and UCLA's got a good freshman as well. But... Sanders and Nix in the Colorado Oregon game. Aller and McNamara in the Penn State Iowa game. And McNamara has been better. So then you got Kyle McCord, who's showing you something at Ohio State against Hartman, who's been really, really good uh, coming in as a transfer for Notre Dame. And then Ugolele, who's done a really good job um, with Oregon State. And Ward is another transfer, who's done awesome at Wazoo. So. A lot of quarterbacks on display. Should be some great play from these guys. And, you know, Colorado might get beat down, but Sanders is going to have a nice game. So he might throw some picks. He might have a couple tough throws. He's still going to put up numbers and still going to make plays. That's just kind of what he is. And we know how great Bo Nix is. This is a great test for Drew Eller. I mean, I, I'm excited to see that Penn State team at home in a big game against Iowa. And I understand people would be like, I would... Uh, Listen, their offense has shown up in a year where Ferris is going to fire his son, who is the OC. Their offense has shown up, so that could be a shootout possibly. The Penn State defense is pretty good. But you got that game, and you got Hartman and McCord at Notre Dame Stadium. Awesome quarterback matchup. Awesome quarterback matchup. And Uncle Lele, who has played in some big games, including one in Notre Dame, as we know, and Ward has been a good player. So a lot of quarterbacks on this play. So let's look at the windows a little closer. 330 Ole Miss and Bama down in Tuscaloosa. Saban first Lane. You know, before Kirby beat him in the natty, he was unbeaten. Right? So Kirby's got him a couple more times. Now Sark has got him. Lane Kiffin wants to be on that list to get Nick Saban as well. So this is a big game for Lane. It's a big game for Ole Miss as well. Because if Ole Miss wants to do anything, they got to get out of their division. And a lot of good teams are in their division. Including Bama. So, it's tough. It is tough. And Saban and Bama coming off a not great performance, that's for sure. Now, Colorado-Oregon. Oregon, yes, big favorites. But Colorado can play. We know they're missing Hunter. But Sanders is capable of making plays. Edwards, the back, is very, very talented. But... Oregon is really, really good. Like, I, and you know, like, AJ, you just like Oregon. You always like Oregon. Uh, no, 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 I'm just trying. I'm just, I'm saying, listen, I understand USC and Utah. And you, there's a lot of good teams in the Pac-12 this year. Oregon State, Wazoo, all these teams, right? This Oregon team, this could be the team for them. So, yes, Colorado can play. I love Dion. Everybody knows that. But it's a tough spot to go to Oregon without your best player that plays on both sides of the ball. That's for sure. So they had Hunter. I'd, I'd give them more of a chance considering like well, that first game against CCU they were under dogs and still won outright. So I still give them a chance. But Oregon's a better football team, even with Hunter. So without him, it's tough. UCLA-Utah is a big road test for Chip Kelly's Bruins okay Um, Moore's been good for UCLA but this is his first big game on the road that's tough for a freshman now if Cam Rising's back for Utah add another quarterback to that list but Johnson's been impressive in his absence so has Johnson Cam Rising the Wally Pip treatment I don't know but For me, I would like to see Cam rising before I just give the job away to a freshman, but that's a big game, and it's tough to win in Utah, especially when they got that defense going, especially when they got the crowd going, and the crowd gets up for big games. And UCLA coming to town when they're ranked is a big game. So, 330 slot, absolutely stacked. And then the night slate, Oregon-Wazoo, that little Pac-2 matchup, um, the two teams that are going to be staying. In whatever PAC conference happens after this, when everybody leaves them, which are unfortunate for these two schools. But guess what? They get to face each other. They're ranked in the Palouse. Um, very, very exciting. And Uncle is good, and so is Ward. So I'm excited to see that uh, that game. Of course, Ohio State and Notre Dame is going to have the most eyeballs, top 10 matchup. I don't want to say it 100% is a playoff elimination game, but it certainly could be. You know, if there's a lot of, if there's some teams, you know, more undefeated teams than we've had, teams with one loss are probably going to be out. Right. So this could be an eliminator. Um, and especially if a team gets a second loss after this, whoever loses on Saturday night in Notre Dame, in South Bend. Ohio State won the the horseshoe last year in a game that I'm sure Notre Dame wishes they had back. Um, and I'm sure they wish they had a quarterback like Sam Hartman because they could have won that game. It was tough. It was tough. And Ohio State was better, but it wasn't by much, in my opinion. And this year, you get them at home, you get them with a the better quarterback. Notre Dame defense has been good. Ohio State defense has been good, but they haven't played offenses to the caliber that they're going to face on each other on Saturday night. So that's a good one. Then Iowa-Penn State, it's been a good series in the crossover Big Ten, um, East versus West there because they're in the different divisions. So Remember, I think Halloween weekend they played and Barkley went crazy. Pretty sure I'm trying to remember that game. He had a winning touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. So it's been a good series. Iowa's been putting up points which is unlike them, so Penn State will probably have to put up points with Franklin, him knowing that, they'll be more aggressive. Uh, you, I'm sure you'll see them going four on fourth down and stuff like that. He's that kind of coach anyway, but we got a really good afternoon, late afternoon slate, into the night slate, six games, ranked opponents. We'll pick them in a little bit when we get to a college football week four preview. Um, But had to lead off the show with this. Big brands, a lot of quarterbacks, and some really, really good football teams. And some really, really good games, hopefully. That Ohio State-Nordame game could be really, really good. So, looking forward to that one, especially. All right. NFL Week 3 gets underway with the G-Men traveling to Santa Clara to take on the San Francisco 49ers. Giants stayed on the West Coast after their comeback win against Arizona. Barkley out a few weeks. Even if they had Barkley, it would be a tough ask. Niners are just a really, really complete football team. Shanahan is a great coach. Purdy's been excellent since coming in. The tight end is great in Kittle. Debo and Ayuk are so good at receivers. And McCaffrey is so good. You got a good line defensively. Warner, Bosa, Lufunga. There's just so many players for that defense. It's a really tough ask for the Giants to go there and win a football game on a short week on the West Coast. The Niners win the game. Um, Maybe the Giants sneak back for a backdoor, but Niners win the game. They're a more complete football team, better coach team. That's not a shot at table. It's just that's how much I think Shanahan's a really good coach. Chargers, Vikings in the Dome in Minnesota. Everybody thinks this is high scoring. For me, this could be one of those games that you think it's high scoring, and both teams like have fourth and goal, like turnovers on downs where they don't get points, and they just should have got points. And then you would have got the over. It's very, I think it's like fifty four or something like that. That's pretty high. Um, I don't think it gets that crazy, but I do see there being some points put up. You know, something in the low twenties, not something in the thirties. You know what I mean? So. Both teams 0-2 here. I like the Chargers certainly more than I like the Vikings. The Chargers just find ways to lose games. It's disappointing. Because, you know, Herbert is really, really good. And he gets so... He gets all the blame. Like, I don't know how they haven't fired the coach yet. And I liked him in the beginning. Because I was like, okay, I like this guy's moxie. I understand what he's doing. But... You can't keep losing games down the stretch, and being like, "No, nah, I like what we did there." Like, I know that's playing the results, but if you keep losing games down the stretch, and you keep finding new ways to lose games, and you are like, nah, I still like our approach," I don't know if you could do that. I don't know, and I feel bad for Herbert because I feel like he's getting a raw deal. He's getting a ton of the blame when, a lot of the times, he puts his team in the end zone and gives his teams. Opportunities to either like get to overtime in a tie or take the lead, and then his defense gives it up. And listen, the defense with Derwin James and Bosa and they got a lot of players, so you expect them to be better and not give up as many points. But I don't know if the Chargers are ever going to do anything. You got to you can't go zero and three. And I don't think the Vikings are good, even though they're at home. Give me the Chargers. Bills go down to the nation's capital a.k.a. Landover, to take on the Commanders. I think a lot of people are going to be liking the Commanders in this spot. Home dog, nearly like a touchdown. For me, Bill's riding the ship against Vegas. They're a much better football team than the Commanders. They go down to FedEx, whatever it's called now. I don't care. Is it still that? Who cares? Um, and they win a game convincingly. You know, I'm talking about double digits like I'm not trying to knock Howell Howell could be the guy and McLaurin's good and Robinson's been good and if that defense stays healthy there are playmakers on that defense especially up front Pills are a better football team they looked horrendous in week one got better in week two and I think in week three they'll start to continue to put it together because they know they got to win these football games where it's not against uh, a division opponent. It's not against the Cincinnati. It's not against the Kansas City. It's not against a crossover against the Cowboys or the Eagles, right? Bills go down to the Commanders, go in the football game convincingly. Allen has a big day. Interesting game here. Saints go up to Lambeau. I'm sure they love going up in September rather than December. That's for sure. So that's a good that's a good trip for them, and they're pretty lucky with the schedule makers there. Green Bay at home, blowing that game to Atlanta. Some scheme issues, yes, with the defensive coordinator Barry, but a lot more people pointing out the fact that a lot of Packers on defense were in positions to make plays, make tackles, make interceptions, you know, deflect passes. And they didn't. So a little bit of both on that defensive side. Not only scheme, but also execution. So Packers come home though. I think for them, it's a big opportunity to get back in the winning column. Saints haven't looked necessarily great, but have escaped with two wins. You know, one in Carolina where they didn't have much and they still won the game. And the one at home against Tennessee in week one was kind of exciting, but, you know, you don't want to win that way every week, obviously. So they go up to Green Bay. I think Green Bay does right the ship. I think it's a good game, and New Orleans has every right in it, and they could certainly win it, but I think Green Bay gets the win at home. Atlanta Detroit. I do see this being high scoring. Just because I think both teams understand they gotta score more points than the other team. They're not gonna win on defense in this game. Maybe they win it at the end with a stop, but I don't think there's gonna be I don't especially CJ Johnson's out for Detroit. He's been making plays on their back end the whole the, the first two games of the season. He's been awesome for them. He gets hurt, he's out. Seattle just went in there and put up a bunch of points. I think the Atlanta offense might be better than Seattle's offense. So I expect Atlanta to get their points. I expect Detroit to win the game. Even though they're 1-1 and Atlanta's 2-0. Atlanta's played two home games. Haven't gone on the road yet. Detroit still going to be excited. It's not like they got blown out at home. They lost a deflating game, sure. He threw a pick six, sure, but they still fought back, got to overtime, and unfortunately, Seahawks beat you in overtime. They scored a touchdown, you did, right? I think Detroit bounces back. High-scoring game. Exciting game. Atlanta probably has a shot to tie it or take a lead late. Maybe they do, and then Detroit answers, but I think Detroit wins this football game. Titans-Browns, this is an interesting one. No Chubb. That sucks for the Browns. I'm feeling for them. Bring Hunt back in. Is he going to be ready in time? Who knows. But Ford did a nice job against Pittsburgh, to be fair. Titans come in. A lot of people on the Titans here. For some reason, I think Cleveland just makes a, a few more plays. Finds a way to win the game. Because if they can limit Derrick Henry... Which is possible. We've seen it. It's difficult, but it's possible. They can limit him and make Tannehill beat them. And if Cleveland could ever get a lead and make Tannehill have to throw, if you're able to blanket Hopkins and make Burks or other people beat you, then you have Garrett and some of those other pass rushers coming in. Tough way to win on the road. So I think I'm going to give it to Cleveland. I think I'll give this one to Cleveland. Even though I like I love Vrabel, you know that, but I just think this Tennessee team, they got to break it up. They got to do something different. And I don't think Levis or uh, Willis are so the answers at quarterback, unfortunately, for them. But we'll see. Houston, Jacksonville. I don't know how many points Houston's going to be able to put up. Jacksonville did a really good job against Kansas City. That defense, so... And offensively, yeah, they put up 31 in week one, but then they just scored nine last week. So I think this is lower scoring. Maybe Jacksonville gets into like the 24, but I don't I don't really see Houston being able to move the ball a ton against the Jacksonville defense. So like anywhere like 24-10, something like that for Jacksonville. Pats-Jets. This one I think is low scoring as well. Tight game. Jets have not beaten the Pats in a while. I think it's an opportunity for them, even with Wilson. Because the Jets played a really, really good Cowboy team. So everybody's going to be down on the Jets, even though they played really, really well in week one against a Bills team that a lot of people could see in the Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl, right? Yes, New England, of course, has the equalizer in Belichick and his ability to make the adjustments or have the game plan that's going to work, all that kind of stuff. You know you know how, like, Fonda of Emma Belichick, so I'm not here to continue wax poetic about him. You know how great of a coach I think he is, right? So, at some point, the Jets have to be the Pats. Why not on Sunday at MetLife? I think Mac Jones is alright. I think he can be the quarterback of that team and win games, but I don't think he has a lot of weapons. I'm not sure about the offensive line across the board. And defensively, yeah, Judon's a good player, but there's a lot of faces that have changed on that New England defense. So, yeah, Gonzalez made a good play the other night, but he's also a rookie, so maybe he gets toasted by Garrett Wilson, right? So, I think Jets find a way to finally beat the Pats, get back to 2 and one and Patriots are going to struggle. I mean, it's going to be tough for them. They don't have a lot of playmakers on offense. They have, like, 17 tight ends, which is great when you can run the ball with a lead or go in the red zone, and then you can, like, have them flank out as receivers when you have the defense and the wrong personnel. But when you're, like, split out, and they all have, like, their DBs on the field and you have three tight ends, it's not really great matchups necessarily. You want them at linebackers. So I think that just get it done. Denver and Miami. Denver stinks, and I, I love Sean Payton, so that's hard to say for me. I mean, to blow that lead to the Commanders at home, that's that's horrendous. Then you get the touchdown and you don't get the call like that. Just shows that you're just not. It, it's not. It's not your year. It's not your time. Like teams that win games, teams find ways to win games. Then it's your time. Like. If they throw that flag and they get the two-point version, they win in overtime. We're talking about different Denver Broncos, right? But fortunately, they didn't get that call. And we're talking about an 0-2 Denver Broncos going to Miami, and Miami's good. And if they keep two upright, and he's throwing on time, accurate in these windows, getting the ball to playmakers, Mostert is doing great on the outside zone. He's doing great on the inside zone running plays. And defensively, That pass rush has gotten really good. When they get Jalen Ramsey back, the secondary is going to be even better. But right now, with Damien Howard and some of the other guys, it's still pretty good. Baker is one of the most unsung linebackers in the league for me. I think he's fantastic. When I watch the Dolphins, I'm always watching 55. He's a playmaker on that defense. So I like the Miami Dolphins in this spot. I think they're uh, they'd be begging to take the Dolphins at 3 or 4. I think it's kind of a fair spread around a touchdown. But I could see people taking the Broncos being like, Ross and Champagne. Come on. I don't know about that. Indianapolis and Baltimore. This is another interesting, weird game for me. I mean, Baltimore should win the game going away, you think. Minshew in for Richardson. Colts, for me, without Taylor, now without Richardson. Offensively, it's not a lot there. Not knocking Minshew, but, you know. Then defensively, there's been some question marks. And for the Ravens, they got a lot of guys hurt, as we know, but they've done a good job just finding ways to win football games. So give them credit. Um, And I think, you know, you got to beat Indianapolis at home, right? I think you got to, and you got the old rivalry there, the Baltimore Colts. They packed up and moved to Indy, so them going to Baltimore. There's still a lot of people in Baltimore that don't like the Colts a lot, that's for sure. So, um, I wonder if that'll get brought up. People paying attention to that. So, Ravens at home should win the football game. Carolina, Seattle. Well, if Seattle wants to like do anything and and get to the postseason, like you got to win this football game, right? Because Carolina is in a Tough spot. Big talent gap on that team. Defensively, I don't like how they filled it out. Offensively, yeah, Thielen is a nice player, but they need more to help out Bryce Young. So Seattle kind of by default in that one, I guess. Chicago, Kansas City. I mean, Chicago has had some crazy things happening to them. The D.C. resigns. Apparently the FBI is like raid I don't know god bless. Then you got Fields saying he's like playing robotic and they were like why do you think you're doing that and he said coaching. And then he called everybody back he's like well I should rephrase that it's me you know I got to like Yeah so you think they didn't say something to him about hey you want to take that back bozo. So Chicago is in a very dark place. They take on the Super Bowl champs. Who somehow got out of Jacksonville with a win when they did not have their best stuff, that's for sure. Defensively they played pretty well, but offensively they did not play well at all. So Kansas City back at home, first since that opening Thursday night loss to Detroit. So they got to write the ship at home, get to two and one. I don't want to say it's a cruise control victory because Fields could always make plays if he like actually turns it on and, and plays like you think he can. But it's a tough task to go into Arrowhead. That's for sure, even though Detroit just did it. I know what you're saying. But Kansas City, much better than Chicago. Detroit better than Chicago as well. Cowboys go out to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals. The only thing I'm worried about here is the Cowboys possibly playing down to the Cardinals and letting them hang around, but this should be a absolute butt-kicking. Um, Cowboy defense should not allow an offensive touchdown. Maybe give up some long field goals to Prater, fine, but this should be like 28-6, 34-9. Like, the Cowboy defense should not give up a ton of points to this offense and the Cardinal defense is not good, and the Cowboy offense should be able to go right down the field continuously. Now, Cowboy offense has kicked a lot of field goals this year, which I'm not very happy about, but it really hasn't hurt them. They've been just really adding to leads um, in those games with field goals. So, yeah, in a big game, you obviously want to score touchdowns. In a tight game, you obviously want to score touchdowns. But in a game where you're leading and you have a defense – adding points is never really a bad idea. So especially if the kid can make field goals, which he's done a really good job of, even though he missed his first extra point, which was pretty funny. But Cowboys, I mean, the Cardinals are really bad. And that head coach is not a good head coach. I, I know it's like really early, but I just don't see him motivating. I just don't see it. And they're not that talented. So you need scheme and you need motivation to overcome the talent gap especially in this league and you don't have that so Cowboys big for me in Arizona Pittsburgh and the Las Vegas Raiders the Stullers and the Raiders the old rivalry the AFC the AFL always some fun games between these two teams go back to the 70s and watch you know, go go on NFL Films YouTube or Google's like Steelers Raiders rivalry. That's a, probably a great video. There's probably like there's probably a few videos like that that goes through the years, but these two teams, the history they don't like each other. Maybe these players don't like each other. Who knows? But and Crosby are two of the best defensive players in the league, so maybe they they have that respect there. But Vegas has not been good. I understand they won week one against Denver, but Denver stinks. and Denver should have won that game, too. And then Vegas went out to Buffalo and and just got... They scored first, and then we're not in the game, really. Um, Pittsburgh, the defense is really good. And the defense is going to keep them in games. So if Kenny can take care of the ball, not get sacked, and... Harris and Warren can do a good job of the running game. They got to get Deontay Johnson back, but Pickens is really good. And if Pickens can get the ball in space, like we've seen his explosiveness, his like catch radius, his ability to turn maybe not the most accurate throw into a reception and possibly into a big play. So Pittsburgh's got to do a better job. And Canada's a terrible offense coordinator. Everybody knows that. But Pittsburgh's got to do a better job of getting the ball into space, into their playmakers' hands, and getting the ball out quick because when Kenny's on time, he's not bad. But when he's got to go through progressions, like, he's not the fleetest of foot. And I think a lot of people think he might have been concussed a couple weeks ago. But I don't know. They're playing him. So we'll see. So I think Steelers find a way to get a win. And then we got another two um, Sunday night games. Or Monday night games. Sorry. That was Pittsburgh Vegas' is uh, Sunday night. Philly and Tampa and the Rams and the Bengals. Super Bowl rematch of a few years ago. So Philly-Tampa. Baking the Bucs 2 0. We know the Eagles are 2 0. Eagles are a good football team. They're coming off that Thursday night win, so they've had some more time to prepare for the Bucks. I think the Bucs will give them a game. I think it'll be a um a game into the second half, into the fourth quarter, and possibly a one score game into the fourth quarter, but Philly's like a better team. Um, I like Todd Bowles, but I think Sirianni's probably a better coach than him. No offense to Todd head coach at least maybe not a coordinator but a head coach Sirianni's been pretty good even though I don't necessarily like him and I don't like giving him credit I have to give him some credit Philly wins the game I think it's a tough game for them but they pull it out good teams teams that make championship runs and teams that go deep in playoffs and teams that win divisions they find ways to win without their best stuff on the road in this league especially in big spots so give me Philly in Tampa and then Rams Bengals Bengals have to right the ship. Uh, They've done a bad job to start seasons. Rams for me, nice start to the season in week one. Week two, an end performance. They were in the game, and then San Francisco did a better job in the second half, forcing some turnovers um, and kind of putting the Rams away, even though they kicked the field goal, and it's a seven-point game at the end. Cincinnati needs this game more than the Rams do. Rams could possibly make the playoffs, so the Bengals need to win their division, and there's a 2-0 team in their division in the Ravens, so they got to win some football games. It's got to start at home in Week 3 against the Rams. I think they do find a way. Burrow, I know, is questionable and has been banged up, but if he gets protected, we know that he can just make plays, so Higgins made some great catches. Chase has not had a great start to the season, that's for sure, but at any time, they could connect on a couple gold balls and he's got touchdowns. You know what I mean? So their their chemistry, their experience with each other from LSU into the NFL and now with the Bengals, they have that, you know, hand signal or eye contact ability to say, OK, you see what I see? Like it's cover one, like I'm going to throw it right between the corner and before the safety gets over there. So be ready, you know. They kind of have that intuition with each other. So I expect the Bengals to get back get back right, play some good football, find a way to win a game. So give me Cincinnati at home. All right, college football week four. We alluded to some of these games. Let's do a little deeper dive into them. We start with Ohio State and Notre Dame. McCord first Hartman. Can either defense stop either offense? I think that's kind of interesting because I think, for me, the Notre Dame defense might be better. But the Ohio State defense, you know, doesn't have to be in as many games. So they're kind of fresher. Does that make any sense? Hopefully that made sense. It's the first big test for both teams. And I think it's going to come down for me. I think there's a little bit of Notre Dame magic. You know, I, I think Hartman is very, very good. They haven't had a quarterback like him in a while. A guy that you're just like... Yep, trust him. He can spin it. You know, he's going to make the right decision. He's going to give us an opportunity to score on this drive. So I think Notre Dame has the more proven guy at the most... At the position where you need the most proven guy, right? Uh, Where you need a proven guy the most. So McCord could turn out to be the guy. This is one of his big tests. If he... You know, on the road, Notre Dame, prime time. This is just the beginning. You know, if you can pass this one, if you can win this one, you're set up, and you could always draw from this as a successful memory, not a memory where you have to say, "Okay, I did wrong here and here, and here's what I think I got to do to get the win." No, you could say, "Here's what I did to get the win in Notre Dame." Draw back onto that. Um, but I think Notre Dame wins the game. I just have a feeling. I think Notre Dame finds a way to win. I don't think this Ohio State team is one of the better Ohio State teams we've seen in this kind of Urban Meyer to Ryan Day run. You know, I don't really like Ryan Day that much, to be honest. And I do like Freeman. I think he's a good head coach. I think he's a good motivator. So, give me the Irish at home. And hopefully they can keep it green in the stadium and it's not a billion Ohio State fans. Iowa-Penn State alluded to the quarterbacks before. McNamara's done a pretty good job with Iowa putting up points kind of uh, in a year where they needed a score in a year where they were like we got to put up points we got to stop losing games where we kicked field goals the whole time we got in the end zone they've done a good job now Penn State at home Happy Valley Beaver Stadium very very tough place to play for that reason I'm definitely leaning towards Penn State I'm definitely picking them in this one Alaire. I think he's been good. The running backs have been good. They've had some playmakers at wide receiver, of course. And defensively, you know, the Franklin era—they've had a good defense, pretty much. So, I think they answer the call of the Iowa offense, and Penn State gets the win. Ole Miss and Bama. Bama is back to Milrow at quarterback. Dart for Ole Miss has kind of been a better runner than thrower, you know, right now and. It's been a little banged up, and that kind of quarterback has beaten saving defenses. So, I wonder what Lane is thinking about that. You know, he's been on the end of some of those losses with running quarterbacks at Alabama, right? Even though he's on offensive coordinator, right? He was still on the team. Is my point anyway? Jaudkins should be ready to go, but the receivers are. There's some banged up guys that are going to be inactive and not able to go in this one. So. Ole Miss might be down a couple skill guys, but will Thart be able to run the ball effectively, be accurate even if he's banged up, but playing. And Judkins, we you know, has just kind of came into the season with an injury and hasn't been 100%. So a lot of question marks on the Ole Miss side, especially offensively. Same kind of question marks for Bama, just ability-wise at the quarterback position because Milroe has not been good. He's not a good thrower. He doesn't throw with anticipation. He doesn't throw at the open guy. He kind of waits for them to be open. And by the time that happens, especially against good teams, like what happened against Texas, like those windows become shut quickly because there's some athletes on the other side. You know, you're not playing in high school anymore. So, and you're not playing against teams that have kind of given up in the fourth quarter when you come in for Bryce Young, right? Well, despite all that, I'll still take Bama. I like saving you in know that. Colorado, Oregon, no Hunter for Colorado. High-profile quarterback matchup. High-profile matchup in general. Dion has everybody hyped about Colorado. I mean, it's crazy. So, um, they're 21-point underdogs, but Oregon, better team, better program right now. Dion still has some work to do, but they've been a great, great story. It's going to be tough for them to... Stay in this game for four quarters. Maybe they're in it for a little bit, but Oregon over sixty minutes, they just have too much. They're at home. outson's gonna be crazy, and the Hunter being out is huge. He's their best player. He's their best player. And I know, like, people will be like, "Well, you know, offensively, sometimes he's a decoy and he's not out there." Okay, fine. Defensively, he's one of the best corners. In college football. He makes play after play after play. People are like, throw it on him, pick it off. He comes over, and makes the deflection. You know, like so, you know, he's an awesome receiver. But he might be the best DB in the country. So him missing on defense, I think, is huge, especially going up against a bonix who likes to throw the ball even though he's a runner. Morgan should have enough in this one. Maybe next year. Colorado has their shot at Oregon, but this year I'm not sure. about UCLA-Utah, the freshman more for UCLA. It's a big, big test, a big, big road test in Utah. Ground game has been good for Chip Kelly's Bruins, and he's going to need them to carry them again if they're going to win in Utah. Not sure who the quarterback is. Chip Kelly even said that. He's like, I don't know who's the quarterback for (laughs) Utah. Is it the freshman Johnson still in the absence of Cam Rising, or does Cam Rising come back? And just, hey, welcome to uh, your your last season of college football. It's a ranked game at home. Welcome back. It's very, very tough to beat Utah, especially in their place. I, I think this is a typical showing of a freshman who is going to be pretty good, but struggles on the road. And maybe just a couple mistakes are the difference in a game that's kind of uh, not necessarily high-scoring, but it could get up there, and you lose by a possession, you lose by two possessions, and you got a couple turnovers, and it was your freshman making a mistake at the quarterback position. So give me Utah. Oregon State-Wazoo. Ungolele versus Ward, another great quarterback matchup. I'm I'm not sure how this game is going to go. I think it could be either like really, really exciting if both offenses are humming or if it's like a weather issue, you know, like anything could happen up there in the Pacific Northwest in any season, uh, especially the fall. I just think there's something about Wazoo at home when they're ranked and they bring in a ranked opponent. You know, you've seen some big programs go up there and lose, you know, when they're ranked. I think Wazoo pulls one off here. It's going to be Wazoo against Oregon State. Florida State goes to Clemson. Clemson should be ranked, unfortunately, they're not because this would have been a seventh-ranked game, which would have been crazy. Um, yeah, it would have been cool. Anyway, it's a tough game for both teams. If Clemson is going to get back, they got to win this game. If Florida State is going to kind of continue at this pace of trying to get back into the limelight, trying to get back to the forefront of the ACC where Clemson has been instead of them since they won their natty FSU that Winston won. So if Clemson can protect Klubnik, they got a chance to win the game because their defense is good when they're ready to go and having a good game. Florida state has the better quarterback and it pains me to say that because I don't like Florida state and I'd rather have, you know, probably Clemson, but Travis has been really good. He's been really, really good. So unfortunately I think I got to pick Florida state. I want to pick Clemson, but I think Florida state finds a way to win the game. Rutgers in Michigan, two undefeated teams. You know, people could argue this could have been another ranking. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's tough for Rutgers to compete in these type of games, but maybe a little special teams action, you know, maybe a defensive touchdown. No, probably not. If they're in the game in the third quarter, I think it's a moral victory, even though we don't believe in moral victories. Michigan, Harbaugh's back. McCarthy didn't play well last week. I think he'll right the ship, and then they got running backs galore. It's really tough to hang with them when they're moving it. Uh, Michigan. Oklahoma takes on Cincinnati. Nippert. Big twelve game. First big twelve game for Cincinnati, I think. I'm pretty sure. Um Oklahoma impressed, then didn't impress, then impressed, really offensively playing nobody so far. Classic Oklahoma. This is an interesting one. Cincinnati blew the game last week, should have won the game. People are blaming my guy Dana Beers. You know, leave him alone. Just cause why they tell him to kick a field goal? He couldn't throw like a spiral into the end zone or something from 35? I don't know. Somebody gets their feet in. I don't know. They pour a high noon down their throat. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Responsibly. Oklahoma should win the game. Cincinnati's not ready yet, in my opinion, for that Big 12 matchups like uh, like an Oklahoma. and Thankfully, they'll be out of the conference soon. But they welcome in some more people. That Big is going to be fun. Miami goes up to Philadelphia to take on Temple. An old Big East matchup here. Throw it back. Throw it back to the football Big East. Miami should hammer them. Uh, Crystal Ball has them going. Defense has looked all right. Van Dykes looked pretty good offensively. Miami should win the game. Duke against UConn. I mean, the Duke coach, since he's come in, I think he's 12-4. and four. <laughs> They win football games, so they beat UConn. Tennessee hosts UTSA coming off their loss to Florida. Tough. They'll beat them. They'll bounce back. LSU hosts Arkansas. LSU dominated Mississippi State last week. They come home to Baton Rouge. Sam Pittman's Arkansas comes in. Jefferson's got to make a billion plays if they're going to win that game. I just don't think they do. Give me to two LSU. Florida now ranked host Charlotte. It wouldn't be surprising to me if Florida was in this game and didn't put Charlotte away until the end of the game because they're coming off a win against Tennessee. And now they're ranked again and probably reading their press clippings. So I think Florida wins the game, but it's probably closer than you think Texas takes on Baylor. A lot of people knocking Dave Aranda. I think he can coach, but I don't think he went to the right job. Um, Sark has Texas looking really good. I know it was a late push in the fourth quarter to get that score differential against Wyoming, but it had to be a letdown spot after going to Tuscaloosa and winning. So they survived it. They won the game. It was still convincing enough, but they did need a big fourth quarter to break that one open. Georgia hosts UAB. Come on. I don't think we got to talk much about that, even though UAB is usually fun. UNC goes up to Pitt. Drake May hasn't been the most consistent. has had some turnovers. You want him to have a clean kind of slate and be the leader of that team, I'm sure, Mac Brown, but he doesn't mind as long as they win the game, I'm sure. Cal goes to Washington. Washington's looked really good. Penix has looked awesome. The Pac-12 has a lot of good football teams. And it's unfortunate that the league's breaking up. Um, But the Pac-12 has a lot of good football teams. A lot of good football teams. Washington finds a way to get done. And USC is in the desert to take on Arizona State, the Sun Devils. What did Lincoln Riley kick down a reporter? Out of practice and suspended it. Like, come on, dude. Like, yo. Follow the rules that we put out there, don't be tweeting out plays or whatever. That's all you got to say. He says suspend them. That's so soft, dude. That's so soft. That's bad. That's a bad look. But what are you going to do? I think USC wins the game. All right. Let's go to footy. Champions League match day one recap. Group E matches on Tuesday. Lazio, Atletico. Barrios had a deflected goal. Huge deflection. Gave Atletico a lead. And then Lazio, at the death, send the goalie up. Second phase of a set piece. Ball comes in. The goalie makes the run. Providev. and he scores a header. He scores a header. Stoppage time equalizer. Unbelievable. One one. Champions League. Uh, Fendor, Celtic. Two 0 Fenador win it. Uh. Two Reds for Celtic. So that was the group E matches. Group of Def, Group F, PSG, two Dortmund, nil. Mbappe from the spot. Hakimi gave PSG the insurance goal. Then Milan hosted Newcastle at the San Siro. That finished in a goalless a draw, nil nil. Group G, Man City and Red Star. City went at 3 1. Julian Alvarez braced and then a Rodri goal. Uh, Red Bull Leipzig beat Young Boys 3 1. Simikin, the defender on the score sheet. Group H, Barcelona, 5 0 over Antwerp at the they're not at the camp now so if i say camp now that's wrong they're not there anymore that's getting renovated they're at the olympico if i'm not mistaken in barcelona so that's where the game was jao felix a brace Lewandowski a goal gavi a goal as well porto beat shaktar 3-1 so those were tuesday's matches now group a munich and man U in germany what a game this turned out to be munich went a 4-3 sané and Gnabry put Munich up 2 Now The Sane goal was a holler from Onana. Terrible. Hoyland got on the score sheet for Manchester United. Kane from the spot made it 3-1. Then late it got crazy. Casemiro made it 3-2. Tell from the spot made it 4-2. And then Casemiro made it 4-3. But Manchester United ran out of time. Onana took the blame and the loss on himself because his team scored three goals. If he makes the save, it's 3-3. Obviously, it plays out differently, but who knows. So, it's 4-3 in favor of Bayern Munich. Other matching group A was crazy. Galatasaray, Copenhagen, Nusi and Gonclavis put Copenhagen up 2-0. Then a Christensen, second yellow got him sent off. Galatasaray, Bowie made it 2-1 Copenhagen, and then Tete and Equalizer in the 88th minute split the points. Hosts with big two goals at the end of that match to get a point against 10 men. Copenhagen. Group B, Arsenal's return to the Champions League. They looked great. Saka, Trossard, Jesus, Odegaard, all on the score sheet. Arsenal win 4 0. They get the three points. Sevilla and Len draw 1 1. Two first half goals, one for Campos for Sevilla. Group C, Real Madrid, Union Berlin. They left it for late. They left it for the death. And there's was a ball deflected in. Kind of net mouth scramble. Jude Bellingham, of course. I mean, all he does is score winners. Real Madrid, since coming over, they win it 1-0 on the Bellingham stoppage time winner. Napoli beat Braga 2-1. Di Lorenzo put Napoli up. Then Braga equalized late in the match, and then an own goal gave Napoli the three points. Real Sociedad, Inter, 1-1. Mendez, the goal scorer for Sociedad, early in the match. Seemed like Bostoni was fouled, but it was... Um, Michael Oliver said play on. Later in the match, Oliver at the center of the tension because he sent Perella off. They go to the monitor. He waves away the red card. They give like a handshake thing. It was very funny, bro. I was like, no, I didn't. know. I didn't. know. I didn't. Because they thought he stamped on him. And, you know, the associate Dodd player. I know you got to make the most of it, but come on. So, 1 1, that one finished because Latoro Martinez at the back post late in the match got the equalizer. Benfica Salzburg. Salzburg it on the road, 2-0. Silva got sent off. Simic scored the pen. They got an extra goal there for insurance. So that was match day one in the Champions League. Some very, very exciting matches, that's for sure. Alright, we can soccer preview. Man City and Forrest uh, at the Etihad. I'm sure there will be a little rotation from City and Pep, but they'll still have a big squad out there, that's for sure. A very good squad. So, Forrest looking to upset the Champions. It's going to be very, very tough, difficult. They would need a master class defensively, and it gives White probably free kick and win it 1-0, but that won't happen. So City get the win. Luton against Wolves could end up being a six-pointer if you look back at it in a few months' time. Wolves on the road. They just lost at U against Liverpool after scoring the first goal. Luton has not looked good at all. Wolves have to find a way to win the match or at least get a result. Luton, I think, would be happy with the draw, to be fair. Crystal Palace full of London Derby. Um, Palace... It's been different without Zaha. They've turned it over to more of the kids, which I think they kind of needed to as a uh, Edouard, all like they're such, such good players. Um, I like Palace in this one. I I still don't love the Fulham front line without Mitrovic and moving on from him. Jimenez just hasn't been the same since the injury, and it's not a knock on him. It's just the truth. It's unfortunate because he was a great uh, in form for Wolves. You could always kind of count on him for some chances and some opportunities. And until he's kind of ingratiated into that Fulham side, I think it's going to be very difficult for Fulham to score some goals. So give me Palace at Selhurst Park. Brentford Everton. Everton stink. They're horrendous. Um, they don't defend well. They don't score. Sean Dyche is playing Burnley ball at Goodison. They don't want to see that. Um I understand the ownership problems and team problems and all that kind of stuff, but you you you're playing for nil nils and you're trying to nick one nils. Like I understand, you know, that's kept that manager up at a, at a club that, you know, didn't have the big budget, but you know, we're not talking about Burnley and Turf Moor. we're talking about Everton at Goodison Park. So I don't know, I just would be I'd be upset if that was the way I was playing as an Everton fan. If I was an Everton fan. Same kind of thing with Tottenham. Tottenham for years played garbage football and now they're playing Ange ball and everybody loves it. They can lose and they would be fine with it um, as long as they play forward and try. So Everson doesn't do that. I think Brentford get the win. Brentford's pretty good. Speaking of Burnley, Burnley hosts Man U at Turfmore. um Man U are in crisis. If Burnley are ever going to get a win here against the Big Six club, it's at home against the Man U club in crisis when they're not You know, at full strength with injuries and also disciplinary things and all those kind of actions. So if Burnley are ever going to beat Man U or get a draw or get a result here, this would be the opportunity. Um, So that so therefore I'm going to pick Man U to win the game. Liverpool West Ham. These have been some good matches uh, recently with the Moyes teams. You know, some 2-1, some 3-2, some good some good matches, some good scoring. This Liverpool team, I think, is a little different. The midfield is completely redone. Yeah, they'll be coming off a Thursday Europa League game, so that will be different in the sense of Klopp rotating the squad and, and players, so we'll see what happens there. But I think Liverpool will still have enough to beat a West Ham side that's also playing on Thursday. So Chelsea and Villa. Villa are good. Villa don't... like ever go away. Emery's got them believing. He's got a pretty good squad and poach with Chelsea. They're asking all these young players to just be superstars because they're paying them and they have long contracts. Well, you know, they're maybe not ready to be superstars yet. You know, Lavia hasn't played a minute. Caicedo hasn't been great. Enzo is looking around and being like, where are all these players that are supposed to be on my level? They're not yet. Uh, you know, Reese James got injured. Showell got injured. Even though he's playing, but he still was banged up for a while there. And Cuckoo hasn't played a minute. You know? They lost Fafana. They lost Badadashi. They lost a lot of guys on the back line. So Chelsea have not been full strength for Poach. I don't think it's fair to judge Poach on this season yet. Like, to give him five games and for already people be like, well, seat, like, Ten Hag's different. Ten Hog's had a year, and he's already like in another crisis, so that's kind of different. And I don't think they're going to fire Ten Hag, but I can understand people kind of calling for it. has coached five games, man. And then you'd have had... It would be five managers in, what, 16 months or whatever? Who knows? So Chelsea have to get a win somehow. I don't think this is this one. If they get a point, I think it's a good result for them because Villa's better right now. brighton Bournemouth. Bournemouth, I think, will play a good game, but Brighton have shown you that they are for real. And it doesn't matter almost who's the manager, who's the players, who's the goalkeeper. It's all interchangeable, and they win matches. They win matches. North London Derby, Arsenal Tottenham, both clubs undefeated. Both clubs with big expectations. Tottenham just getting it because of Ange. Arsenal having it because they felt like they bottled it last year. They had the prem in their hands, and they let it get away from them. Tottenham, I think, at the Emirates would love a draw. I think a draw for Arsenal would be a loss. Arsenal would be going for it. Tottenham are going to be going for it. I think this could be four three three two three three. And even though the Tottenham attack in the sense of, you know, Sohn, Kulisowski, Richarlison, Madison, and then Sar Basuma in the middle of the park and Garte, who's been good. Pedro Pora. Like, I don't necessarily trust the back line. So I think Arsenal will get their goals because even though no March and think Trosard's been really good. Rice, we know, is really good in the middle of the park, so he'll be able to settle things down in, in the midfield against Madison and those guys. Odegaard's great going forward. So I think there's so much attacking talent. And yes, the Arsenal defense, White, Saliba, uh, Gabriel, and whoever wants to play at left-backs, and Chango, whoever, they're good, but they do concede goals. They concede goals. So give me Arsenal 3-2. Then you have Sheffield United, Newcastle. This is a tough one for Sheffield United, but Newcastle haven't won a lot of matches. This year, they have a lot of draws again, and they don't have a lot of wins. So can they go away from St. James Park and find a way to get three points? I think they can, and they should, but that's been a different story for this Newcastle team this year. I'm sure like they've had some results where their supporters are like, how did we not get three points from that game? This game, they should. La Liga, Barcelona, Celta Vigo, and we got a Madrid derby, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid. Those are always fun. Serie A, AC Milan, Hellas Verona, Sassuolo, Juventus, Lazio, Manza, Empoli take on Inter, Atalanta host Casieri. Bologna host Napoli, and Turin host Jose Mourinho's Roma. British League action. Bochengladbach host Rebel Leipzig. Dortmund welcome in Wolfsburg. And Munich are at home taking on Bochum. We're going to talk about uh, Leverkusen probably soon. PSG hosts Marseille in El Classique in League 1. All right, let's get to the picks portion of the program. And we're back in the NFL, of course. And we start with Survivor Pool Locks. five and one to start the season through two weeks I think these are three kind of obvious picks one breaking just one slight rule with a road game but first up Thursday night so you gotta get this pick in if it's one of these leagues that I might run right cool Niners hammer the Giants at home now maybe the Giants back door maybe the Giants hang around for a little bit Niners are the better team. Niners are the better coach team. Niners are the more talented team. Niners have more to gain. Niners have something to do this season. Meaning like getting in a big postseason run again. Niners at home against the G-Man. Pick number one. Pick number two. Cowboys on the road in Arizona. Dallas might play down to the Cardinals for a quarter or two. But the way Arizona had a big lead against the Giants and just let them walk right back into the game and then win the game, that's disgraceful. So the Cowboys could sleepwalk through three quarters and then still find a way to win the game by like well, two two touchdowns. So pick number two, Dallas Cowboys in Arizona. Pick number three, I like the Dolphins at home against Denver. I think Denver's bad. And Denver's had, through two weeks here, an opportunity to be two and up week one they should have won the game against the Raiders week two they should have never let the commies back in the game and then when they did they still had an opportunity to, to tie the game and they didn't so Denver we could be talking about a 2-0 Bronco team instead we're talking about a 0-2 Bronco team it's more the same Russell Wilson isn't good anymore and I think the Miami Dolphins are very good so give me Miami at home to be the Denver Broncos pick number three San Francisco at home against the Giants pick number one Dallas away in Arizona, pick number two. Miami at home against Denver, pick number three. Five and one, Survivor Pool locks for week three there. All right. Now we get to the other picks segment. Everybody's favorite. The FFF, SOSS, pick six, the National Football League. The league where they play. For pay. You're going to hear the same rationale for a couple games here, but that's all right. That's the same as survival Logs. but we'll get to those in a second. Seven and five. We started off five and one. We were not good last week. It was unfortunate, but we'll get better. Pick number one. I'm sure a lot of people are thinking the commies at home as a home dog no. No thank you. Bills minus six. I understand it should be like seven or ten, maybe. So you could be Adrian, they're begging you to take the Bills. I don't think they are. I think they're saying, hey, a two a two and o team is a seven point underdog at home. You gotta take them. Well, I have six, and I'm going the other way. Bills minus six in Landover, pick number one. pick number two I like Detroit in this game I think Atlanta can certainly hang around and I think we're going to get a lot of points so we're going to go Atlanta, Detroit over 46 in a dome so perfect conditions two offenses that have a bunch of playmakers I think Goff knows he can put it up Ritter's going to know he's got to put it up Hits London in the air. Robinson's been awesome through two weeks for Falcons fans. I think they love him. And Goff has some playmakers. And I think both defenses can concede some points and touchdowns. So and I think both kickers are good. So if you need field if you like they bog down in field goal range, they should make kicks in Patterson and Cook. So pick number two. Atlanta Detroit over forty six. Pick number three, going in under here, Houston and Jacksonville. Now, if this game is poorly def- – like, two bad defenses, and they just giving up points left and right, I don't think Jacksonville's a bad defense. I'm just saying if it just happens that way, both offenses are going up and down the field, and it ends up being 31-24 – 20, you know, 34, 17, it's something like that. Well, then I'm wrong, fine. But Houston-Jacksonville for me, that's an under. I feel like that's under 45. So that's pick number three. Houston-Jacksonville under 45. I think the only way you get there is if Jacksonville puts up the 45 themselves. I think this game's like 24-10, something like that. So going to be Houston Jacksonville under 45, pick number three. Pick number four. This is low for a reason. We're going to go another under here, and we're going to be sweating this out. I understand that. And field goals are probably going to kill us, but it's a low one. I got to take it. Pats Jets under 37. We could get something like 17 13, we could get something like 20 to 14. We win those games. Now, if both teams get in the end zone multiple times, we lose. Obviously, it's over. And it could be over very quickly if it's an exciting first half. But I think this is low scoring, bogged down, not really great football. Defenses step up. Pats, Jets, under 37, pick number four. And pick number five and six, we kind of just talked about in Survivor So. For me. Miami at home against Denver. Given six. I think a lot of people are still like. Think Denver is going to turn out all right. I think this might be stealing. Miami might be in it by twenty. And if we're wrong here, we're wrong. But Miami's offense is amazing. Defensively, they're getting playmakers at each level. I love Miami in this spot, minus six at home against Denver. And then pick number six: Dallas Cowboys are laying twelve at Arizona. Arizona's really bad. Now, the Cowboys could sleepwalk through this whole game, but I still think they find a way to win by two touchdowns. Whether the defense scores some touchdowns, whether the offense scores a bunch of touchdowns, Cowboys minus 12 in Arizona's pick number six. So, pick number one, Buffalo minus six in Washington. Pick number two, Atlanta and Detroit over 46. Pick number three, Houston, Jacksonville under 45. Pick number four, Pats, Jets, under 37. Pick number five, Dolphins, minus six at home against Denver. And pick number six, Cowboys, given 12 in the desert in Arizona. Bills, minus six. Falcons, Lions, over 46. Texans, Jags, under 45. Pats, Jets, under 37. The Miami Dolphins, minus six at home. The Dallas Cowboys, minus 12 on the road. The Week 3, FFF, SOSS, pick 6 in the National Football League. So much. That I love doing that segment. It's so much fun. All right. So a gigantic sports weekend. Hopefully you're in front of a TV. Hopefully you're in front of multiple TVs because you're gonna need it. That 330 slate, that night slate on Saturday, and some good games in the NFL on Sunday as well. So and another doubleheader on Monday. Or not doubleheader, but two games on Monday night. So a gigantic football slate, some good footy as well. North London Derby, Madrid Derby. Um So plenty of great sports. We'll recap it all on Tuesday. Everybody have a great weekend, and I will talk to you on Tuesday. Until then, peace. Guys, check out his podcast that sounds like my kind of podcast football 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 and sometimes other sports show sounds like me